0: Let's talk it over with Brian Walton of TheCardinalNation.com, and we're coming to you from the Lou Fuse Automotive Studios. Find out more, Fuse Athletic at Fuse.com. Hey, Brian, always great to visit with you. How are things going? Great, Dan. It's a pleasure to speak to you every week. Absolutely. Let's jump right into it. The number one prospect now in baseball is Jordan Walker. We saw him briefly in the major leagues, but let's get an update. How is he faring currently at uh, AAA Memphis?
1: Uh, Jordan Walker has really turned it around in the last couple weeks. He started off very, very slowly in AAA, and, uh, but he's had uh, multiple hits in five of his last nine games. That's through today. Uh, he, since May 11th, his batting average is, is up 80 points. His on-base is up 60 points, and his OPS is up 200 points. Now, granted, that's on a very, very low base, and there's still a lot more work for Jordan Walker to do. His OPS right now is 704 AAA. Uh, he does have 11 RBI in 23 games. The Cardinals sent him down to work on his launch angle to try to increase his power. Um, frankly, I don't know why, if they had issues with that, they didn't figure it out a long time before, but they are where they are, and there's still plenty of the year left for Jordan Walker to put it together and uh, earn his way back up to St. Louis.
0: What's the primary position that he's been playing now, or are they just moving them all around the outfield as he uh, looks at you know, improvement defensively? I think that's something that you have to look at.
1: Yeah, right field looks to be his his home, and uh, you know there's no doubt about the strength of Jordan Walker's arm. But we saw when he was up with St. Louis, the accuracy wasn't what you'd like to you know see all the time. And again, you know we have to remember that this is a young man who just celebrated his 21st birthday this week. So you know there's a lot of baseball ahead for Jordan Walker.
0: There's no doubt about that. Matthew Liberator made a start, looked pretty good for the Cardinals with the Major League club. Did you see that coming out of the, the minor leagues this year? The increased velocity and the fact he's getting his fastball in on right-handed batters?
1: Yeah, you know, there, there were a lot of encouraging signs that, uh, but, you know, people tend to, sometimes people tend to establish impressions. And they saw what they saw from Matthew Livermore in his seven starts last year and, some felt that he couldn't improve, but he did. He worked hard. He's, uh, as you said, he's improved both his pitch selection and, most importantly, his velocity. And, you know, down in A, he struck out 56 batters in, in uh, 46 innings. Uh, did really nice, ERA right around three. And, you know, proved that he deserved another chance with St. Louis. Now, there was a little bit of, you know, confusion about, was he, was he starting? Is he relieving? And apparently he pitched that one inning, you know, sort of as his between-starts uh, regimen. So we'll see when uh, Libertor can get back on the mound again for St. Louis.
0: Body language, I noticed that as well. It just looked like he bela- uh, believed that he belonged. And there's something to that, Brian, isn't there? Uh, there's no doubt when I watched him pitch, it just looked like a, a different guy when he was out there.
1: Yeah, and, you know, this is something that we can debate for a long time, and that is, the aggressiveness that the Cardinals used in promoting both Zach Thompson and Matthew Libertor uh, following the COVID season. And, you know, they basically threw them in the fire at AAA. And, you know, they've had a couple of years now. Both of them took their lumps at various times. But, you know, it's important to remember as we're talking about guys who are still in their early 20s, haven't reached their mid 20s yet, you know, there's still continued growth. And, you know, unfortunately, uh, in the case of Libertor, you know, he didn't do as well as he wanted to last year. But I think this year set definitely a turnaround for him. And let's face it, you know, no team goes through. The full year with all five starters healthy. Of course, Adam Wainwright's back now, but you know I think Matthew Libertor will be relied on more heavily down the stretch.
0: Yeah, he will be. Now, another guy that may be relied upon could be in the rotation. Could be. Uh, coming out of the bullpen, but kind of a forgotten man right now. Spent some time on the injured list, but that's Dakota Hudson. What have you seen from him?
1: Yeah, Dakota Hudson, of course, did not make the major league club, did not make the roster uh, this spring, Uh, went down to AAA and and had a, a neck problem, had some type of a neck stiffness problem and missed several weeks. Uh, he's back now, Dakota Hudson, and uh, pitching again. And you know, we'll see. He certainly has proven in what 70 some major league starts that that he can compete at the level. Uh, his ERA right now is over five, but again, some of that was before he was hurt and he's only had one start since he's been back. So we'll be watching to see if Hudson can be healthy and uh, like Libertor, earn his way back up to St. Louis.
0: Really a great story now with the Cardinals, and I know it's somebody that uh, you have followed for a long time. When he got into the organization 10 years ago, he was a second-round pick coming out of high school, but a neat story right now with Oscar Mercado.
1: Yeah, Oscar Mercado's uh, family's from Columbia. They settled in the Tampa area, and he was drafted by the Cardinals uh, and, and was a shortstop, uh, had a little trouble with fielding, always very, very good. Defensively, of course a, a great athlete uh, stole a lot of bases in the minor leagues and then he was traded to cleveland and and uh, reached the major leagues with them spent uh, four seasons with the indians uh, and ultimately uh, you know became a free agent and the cardinals signed him again this year and uh, mercados opened the season in triple a and led the redbirds at the time he was called up with 15 stolen bases so he, you know he still has those great instincts and uh, he's definitely a a center fielder, he can play center field, which is a need that the Cardinals had with um, um, with Dylan Carlson on the injured list. They want to have another center fielder in addition to Lars Nootbaar. So the long term, you know, it's, I mean, uh, Arsco Mercado has been a great contributor since he's been called up, but he's had almost a thousand plate appearances in the major leagues. And, you know, he's a under 300 OBP guy who has popping his bat, about a 400 career slugging percentage. So, you know, I don't think Oscar Mercado is going to continue on the pace. He's on batting 500, but, you know, he's a guy that, you know, and that's why you have the minor leagues, the way you have experienced guys in the minor leagues to come up and fill in when needed. I think, you know, when Tyler O'Neill and, and Dylan Carlson are back, probably Oscar Mercado will be back in the minor leagues waiting for the next opportunity to come up and contribute. But yeah, that's, the way it works.
0: Absolutely. And it's always interesting, the backstory on players where they may start as a catcher, go to being pitcher, or a guy like in Mercado's case starts as a shortstop and moves to the outfield. It it just happens all the time, doesn't it?
1: It really does. And, you know, there was a contingent of Cardinals fans who, you know, saw that... Saw the infield, the, the middle infield of St. Louis, it, you know, being as strong as it is, and said, "Hey, you know, why don't they move Mason Wynn to center field? You know, he's such a good athlete, and he could probably handle that." But I don't think a lot of people who have ever seen Mason Wynn play shortstop have been the ones to suggest that because you know he's quite a defender, you know, defensive player. But you're right, Dan. In the history you can probably cite more guys than I have, you know, who have moved f- from uh, from one position to another, and a lot of times premium positions. And again, you know, it's 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 important to remember that we're talking about the top, you know, one tenth of a percent of all athletes who've ever played baseball. So these guys are so good. I mean, you see a uh, uh, Brendan Donovan, you know, move over to first base and and you know play a, a very very good first base. So you know, the the more versatile these athletes can be, the 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 better they are, the better they can help and contribute for their team.
0: How about Zach Thompson and and what he's done? I I thought it was kind of a curious move at the time because he's a a really good arm, a legitimate major league arm, but moving him to the rotation and and how's the 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 you know results of that so far? Uh, fared for him.
1: Yeah, I was really curious, Dan, in spring training, uh, I think Thompson was the only pitcher from the major league staff who went all spring without giving up a run. I think he had 11 appearances without a without an earned run. Uh, he was, again, uh, pr- uh, no earned runs allowed in his first eight appearances out of the bullpen. And then on that West Coast trip, he had like three bad games in a row, and boom, before we know it, he's down in AAA starting. And part of that is a reflection of the, the lack of depth and the rotation and the need to have some more arms. But For whatever reason, it seems to have knocked Zach Thompson back a step. Um, In his four starts in the minor leagues, he's only pitched less than 10 innings. So, you know, we're talking about not even three innings a start. He's walked 14 batters in those nine and two-thirds innings, uh, hit two more batters, and given up three long balls. So, you know, Zach Thompson's first four starts uh, for Memphis have not gone well at all. But, again, we're talking about a relatively young man in terms of his experience, and I don't think the Cardinals are going to pull the plug again on this, um, you know, this uh, experiment that they're doing, putting him back starting. But it hasn't gone well in the early stages.
0: It's been a great start, though, for Luke and Baker. It seems like every week we're talking about him, and he's putting up numbers.
1: Luke and Baker is playing like an MVP. I mean, he leads Memphis in batting average, slugging, OB, uh, OPS, hits, home runs, RBI, uh, even walks. And, you know, that's something we've often talked about with Luke and Baker. He has this unique capability, has a very good eye at the plate, you know, and, and he's drawn 36 walks already this year in in, and, uh, in 46 games. So, you know, he's got this wonderful um, offensive profile, but defensively uh, extremely limited, first baser DH. And, you know, that just has precluded him from – from uh, you know helping St. Louis, but he's a guy that's really the anchor of that Memphis Redbirds lineup.
0: Did you see this coming with him? I mean, did you see signs that you thought he would be this type of hitter at uh, at Memphis?
1: Well, you know, it's funny, Dan. You know, we'd had Luke and Baker as a top twenty prospect in the system for what three or four years now, and it, you know, he kind of stalled out last year. wasn't a good year for him for whatever reason. His first year in AAA, and so we kind of you know moved him into the thirties. Uh, but now he's back up because he's shown that hey, you know, he was able to adapt to triple a pitching. And, um, you know, Luke and Baker a guy that some organization, even if the Cardinals don't have a place for him, some organization is going to value a guy like him. And, you know, maybe he's a guy that can help them get some needed pitching, say at the break.
0: Blast from the past. I'm enjoying these on the And you had a piece on, on Brandon Allen. Uh, that's interesting. The, the guys that you're finding and the blast from the past, tell our listeners about that.
1: Yeah. Every Monday we have a recap of the Cardinals week. For the major league club, the major league card, we recap all the games and the hot and cold hitters and the standings and all that. But we also have a history feature that um, um, is written by one of our our uh, writers. Uh, that's uh, Marilyn Green, and what she's been doing is profiling the various Cardinals coaches each week. And It's a free article every Monday, and Assistant Hitting Coach Brandon Allen is the one that's up right now. And Allen is a guy, an interesting guy, because you know you want hitters. You want hitting coaches who have paid the dues. You know, it's not you don't want the guys who. Nothing against say a Ted Williams or a or a Stan Musial who are tremendous natural hitters, but a guy like Brandon Allen has you know has seen it all. Uh, he he played in um, in the Arizona for Arizona um, Diamondbacks, traded to Oakland, went on waivers to Tampa Bay, played for Texas, San Diego, Mets, Reds, minor leagues, went to Japan. So this guy's been all over the place, and then he worked his way up through the system. Brendan Allen as hitting coach in Johnson City, then Palm Beach, then Springfield, then two years at Memphis. While you know most of these name-brand young players. Uh, you know, Gorman and Newt and Burleson, et cetera, came up, Brandon Allen was very, very key in their development. So, you know, an interesting guy and, uh, you know, certainly um, a a very important part now of the St. Louis Cardinals staff as that assistant hitting coach.
0: Yeah, in a way is is the great players, not to say that it came easy, but they cannot, I guess, uh, you know, get the, the message across because they were able to do it at such a high level and some say, well, why can't you do that? And then you get a guy like Allen who's been bounced around and grinding through just to get where he's at. And those guys seem to be the best coaches or the best managers. Not always, but it does seem to to lean that way.
1: Yeah, that's right, Dan. And you know, the Cardinals have an interesting match now with their hitting coaches. And of course, Turner Ward, who uh, has a lot of major league experience as well. But then Daniel Nicolason, who's the third hitting coach, is more of a uh, analytics guy who's come up and has uh, you know had a lot of experience working in the minor league system. So you know, as you've seen closer than I, Dan, with the major league club, guys tend to gravitate to certain coaches who seem to be. on on their wavelength and every player is not the same there is Tony Lewis so I said they're men not machines and so I don't know how they've you know necessarily split out all the work but I know that Alan is uh, is playing a significant role with a number of these young hitters on the Cardinals uh, roster
0: and let's wrap it up with this what's happening right now at the cardinalnation.com
1: well we continue to stay on top of all the moves in the system uh, right around Memorial Day each year we expect the Cardinals will have a significant number of moves as they sort of settle up the rosters. The rookie-level teams in the Florida Complex League and Dominican Summer League uh, will be starting up in early June. And, of course, we have our daily reports on all the minor league action, which are free, and then our in-depth reports from our team reporters uh, in the four affiliates. And then, of course, we also have a reporter uh, on the backfields of Jupiter, and we report on what's happening in the DSL as
0: well. Hey, great stuff, Brian. Let's catch up next week, and thanks for doing this. You got it, Dan. Thank you. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go.